Everybody, another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Nathan King, joined as always for our reaction podcast with Mr. Jason Caldwell, both of us on our way back from Columbia, South Carolina, after yet another Auburn loss. Auburn's now on its first three-game losing streak since 2012, and we talked about this game being pretty tricky, but I think by the end of the week, most of us had convinced ourselves, at least we had, and certainly in the round table at the end of last week, had convinced ourselves that Auburn probably had the talent to win this game and was going to be able to be in a good bounce back spot. Um, Jason, I thought you brought it up. You know, you made a good point in the post game that you, you basically rush for 200 yards. You have no turnovers, but yet you still walk out of here um, a loser. Auburn lost 21 17. Um, another blown lead. Auburn had a 14 nothing lead in the second quarter. South Carolina went on to score 21 of the game's final 24 points. And Jason, um, you were on the field getting that that good vantage point. I was I was up on the moon. So I will let you start here wherever you want to start, whatever you think was the biggest moment or play of this game of uh, of what's now a, a pretty nasty looking losing streak for Auburn. Yeah, I, it has to be the fourth down. Fourth down call, you're on 35. Um, it's a 14-7 game in a game that you look at it and it'd be different if that was a, you know, 31 to 24 game in the first half. And you're thinking, man, we're going to have to score a bunch of points to win. That was not the, the flow of that game. And for me, just my thought, I'm thinking you punt the ball there. If you decide you're going to go for it, it's fourth and one tank bigs. We was, was, that was the tank bigs that everybody been waiting to see all year. Um, it's kind of like the old adage when you're a baseball pitcher. You don't want to get beat on a 3-2 pitch on your second best pitch. You throw your best pitch on 3-2 and take your chances with it. I felt like Auburn, you know, threw a 3-2 changeup instead of throwing a fastball. Um, and, man, it cost them. Um, it was a huge play in that football game. You give them a short field, they, they score before the half, tie the game, and have all the momentum going into halftime. Um, We've seen it time and time again, and it happened again. It was basically the same script last week, a much different type of game, but the same script as last week of Mississippi State scoring before the half, and, and you're looking out there going, man, I don't care what the score is. One team's got a lot of momentum, and we felt that. I felt it last night at halftime. I felt like one team was like, okay, we got this right where we wanted, and, and Auburn came into halftime going, oh, no, not again. Um, and they played that way the second half. Um, you have opportunities. I thought the, the, the second biggest play of the game for me was T.J. Finley dropping the snap on second goal from the four. Um, I still believe in my heart of hearts on third and sixth that I would have got. I would have given Tank Bigsby the ball twice to see what happened on third down and fourth down. Because um, if you make a field goal, you're still down one you're still going to have to depend on Ben Patton to kick another field goal to win that game. I, I still would rather have taken my chances with Tank, but I think the drop snap was a big play in the game. But no question to me that the momentum builder, the shifter, everything revolved around the, the fourth down play, you know, with, with three minutes left in the first half. Yeah, and that play, South Carolina only had to go 35 yards after that. Like you said, I've had great field position, was able to just – 
take it back in six plays. Other than their two touch, the, the other two touchdown drives were both 67 yards. Um, other than that, Auburn only had, or excuse me, South Carolina only had one drive for the entire game go over 40 yards, and it was the one where Donovan Kaufman got the pick in the end zone. So it's not like they were able to sustain that and drive down the field on Auburn. So it was, like you said, it was a, a big play there for them to get the momentum. And, you know, one of the more puzzling parts about it was a couple things. Uh, later in the game, we saw the TJ Finley sneak. <laughs> so, so we know that it, it's, it was certainly in the game plan somewhere to, to run a sneak with your six foot seven quarterback. Um, and then later on, they attempted a fourth and 16. Now they, they somehow converted it. Um, but you know, you're going to, you're going to run that kind of play on a fourth and one. And then um, later on in the game have the fourth and 16. And then they also had fourth downs where they were apparently plenty comfortable um, punting the ball away and, and not going for it there um, in the first half. Jason, uh, looking at this was something that you and I were talking about up in the up in the box after the game. But South Carolina, you know, you, if you just were to look at the the box score, only 306 yards of offense. And, and Auburn was good on third downs, holding them to only one of nine on third down. But Shane Beamer said it after the game. They were just running the same two plays over and over again, um, and they just couldn't seem to get a lid on it. And Brian Harson and Chandler Wooten didn't necessarily disagree. Chandler Wooten definitely agreed after the game um, that they were they were running that inside zone and they were breaking contain over and over again, and they couldn't get the quarterback out of a rhythm. Very similar, obviously, last week, Mississippi State with Will Rogers. It was a it was a rhythm in the passing game. This one, it was a lot more of a ground attack for South Carolina. But the Auburn defense again just not able to make adjustments when the other team was uh, was finding what was working to at least stay on the field for a consistent amount of time. Yeah, Nathan, when you look at, um, you know, this this defense, the issues they've had, and, you know, it, it started kind of early in the year, um, played a couple of really good games against Ole Miss, Texas A&M, but you look at the last couple of weeks and it's been really tr- you know troubling when you look at past defense. Uh, red zone defense. They've given them nine touchdown passes the last two games. Um, you know, that's that's something that when you think about what's coming up Saturday, that's a pretty scary thought. Uh, but, you know, um, not a ton of adjustments for them. They they actually got some pressure against South Carolina at times the other night, but there are too many, you know, explosive plays, you know, meaning you know, defensively giving up more than, you know, 10, 15 yards um, is it, something that you can't have. And, they gave up a bunch of those Saturday night to South Carolina, a bunch of runs that got outside the gate. Containment was was an issue. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, when you think about defensive performances, you look at the number and you go, I think it was 306 yards, something like that. You go, oh, it wasn't too bad, but they gave up several long drives uh, where South Carolina had the ball. I think they got a three and out early, three and out late. And the only other one was right there before the half. That was it. Um, Sacramento was able to sustain, sustain some drives. Only ran like 55 plays, but they were able to, to you know, do it when they needed it. And um, you know, Auburn got a couple of, you know, they got a couple of late stops there, obviously the punt, uh, you know, but the problem was is that they got some stops, but they did it where Sacramento moved the football and punted Auburn deep. Um, they didn't get a stop back inside the 15. They did early, and it led to touchdowns. Um, you know, they got some Auburn some field position on a turnover uh, that led to a touchdown. But after that, it was, it was you know, a couple of first downs, a punt. You look up, and, and you're starting to field position, you know, in your own, on your own 10-yard line or your own five-yard line. Um, that makes it very difficult for an offense that doesn't have a ton of explosive plays 
that means you got to go 13 plays. Um, Auburn had one of those drives and couldn't finish it off. That's why. That's that's exactly why you don't want to have to do that all day long um, because sooner or later you're going to have a mistake. When you do, it's, it proves costly. Um, and uh, so defensively, it's it's been an issue. Uh, but you, you would not like to have a, a lack of confidence going into to face Alabama this week, but that's exactly where we are. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, Auburn got a good stop there at the end of the game. Like you said, you know, punting and and, and had a chance to go down the field. Obviously, that was the that was the play where TJ Finley kind of gave him some breathing room and then they stalled out immediately. And then the defense made another good stop in the fourth quarter. And that's where the the punt touched Jalen Simpson. And that was the end of the ball game. Yeah. Bryce Young thrown for 559 yards and, and five touchdowns. It, it, it does seem to me that that's a good point by you that um, I mean, the, the defense is, has, has definitely declined over the last few weeks um, against Mississippi state. It was the fact that they couldn't get pressure um, and in this game, like you said, you know, they were able to get some pressure along the line of scrimmage, really on the offensive line, pretty good game too, decent game in pass protection. So you, you hold up pretty well in the trenches on both sides. Again, no turnovers, but what you, what you talked about at the top, the fourth and one, that basically was a turnover. Yeah, um, correct. And that's why that proved, like you said, that's why that was probably um, the key moment in the game. On the offensive side, um, we'll get to TJ Finley in a second, although, you know, he, he did pretty much, I think what everybody expected him to do. Um, but the usage of tank Bigsby kind of came under the microscope there. He had a season high, uh, 22 carries, 164, seven and a half yards per carry also had a touchdown there to help Auburn go up 14, nothing. But, and this was something that Mark asked Harson about, um, after the game, he wasn't on the field, um, for the fourth and one, um, he didn't touch the ball on that, on that drive, trying to go down the field. Um, and then you talked about it already, but when you get down close to the end zone um, and you have a first and goal at the six, I believe it was. Now, we, we don't know what what play that could have been when Shed Jackson kind of ran into into Finley. I believe Bigsby was on the field for that one. But um, I just I think this was a game where they thought, you know, maybe you just run tank into the ground. Um, but Sean Shivers didn't get any carries um, in this game. Jarquez Hunter only got four. And I think Auburn fans maybe would like to see Tank Bigsby get around, you know, the 30 carry mark in this game, especially with how successful he was. Yeah, I, I think it's exactly right. I think if if he has 30 carries, we saw him break out a couple of times, uh, just stepped out of bounds uh, on a cutback or potentially could have had a touchdown on one of those long runs. Um, but, yeah, he he was able to get outside. Um, you know, I thought the offensive line played really well. Uh, they did a good job for the most part all day long. And, you're right. I think his um, <clears throat> lines of scrimmage were okay. Auburn's defensive line, they didn't make any plays. You, get, you, you mentioned the defense. Um, I want to go back to that for a second. Um, uh, it looks to me like that it's a it's a tired group. Um, we haven't seen a lot of rotation. Um, you know, they played a ton of snaps against Mississippi State, having to cover guys all over the field. Then you then you have to rush the passer a ton. 
you think about the wear and tear that it does on on your legs to have to play that much. You think about I mean, Zacoby McLean, Chandler Wooten. I would I would guess last night probably had as little production as they've had maybe this season, depending especially considering there wasn't eighty plays run. Um, I think I think their legs showcase that, um, and obviously there's there's not much you can do about it now. Um, getting ready for Alabama, but I, I thought um, you know that. Um, you know, some of the a couple of young guys gave him a little bit of a lift. Cam Riley did some good things on defense there, but yeah, you know, you look and that's one where uh, the more you can hold the football, grind it out, probably the better off you are in that game, especially with TJ Finley um, making his first career start at Auburn, first career road start in a stadium with with full fans. Uh, wasn't real full, but it was full. Uh, but um, yeah, Tank was was the guy that we thought he was going to be last night and, uh, you know, probably just didn't get enough touches. Yeah, I don't know how the crowd sounded from the, – the box was a little closed off, but it still had kind of that opening at the top. I mean, it seemed like – it seemed real loud when it needed to be. It was um, it was loud. A lot of it is is manufactured noise from mm-hmm. the speakers, from the rooster crowing, the music, whatever it is. Um, it was okay, but, you know, the upper deck uh, – to your right um, was probably a third full uh, at best. Um, so it wasn't as loud as it could be, but it was definitely louder than anything he had played against on the road. That's for sure. Yeah. Finley goes 17 of 32. That's 53%. Um, a buck 88, one touchdown. Uh, his favorite target was Shed Jackson. Not even a question. Um, seven catches for him on nine targets. Career high in catches, career high in yards, 111. Um, he had, let me see here. He had, I mean, it, it seemed like every time he was able to get him the ball, it was an explosive play. He had a yeah, he, gains 14, it was, 28, 19, and 28. Yep. Yeah, um, um, definitely the, the best game of Shedrick Jackson's career. Um, yeah. And he stepped up, you know, with no Kobe Hudson. Um, they needed him to, to step up and play big. We, I think we only saw two tight end targets last night, if I remember correctly. That was the difference in this one. There was one to Shinker early and one to, to Fromm. I don't know if there was another one in the game that was considered a tight end target at all. Yeah, no um, catches for the tight ends. Yeah, you're right. I had no catches. Uh, no catches for them. It, it was a different and, – and it's not necessarily a different game plan, but when you have a quarterback, it's a different feel for them. I think Bo's comfort, his, his security blanket has become the tight ends and, and finding those guys. I think you saw T.J. Finley try to – Try to stretch it down the field a little bit more, um, and and you know that's the you know you know the quarterback's choice when you give him those options. And um, you know I, I thought he I thought Finley played okay, um, not great, uh, but again we've talked about all all season long um, when you when you watch that game last night and be on the field, um, all the fans that don't want to hear this, South Carolina's wide receivers much more athletic than the group that Auburn put on the field last night. Wasn't even close. Um, it's difficult when, you, when you're not be able to get those explosive plays and that separation. Like I said, Shedrick played well. I mean, Javaris Johnson, is he does what he does, which is work the middle of the field and do some good things. Demetrius Robertson just hasn't been that guy. Um, and, you know, we didn't see any of Zavin Capers. Um, heck, Elijah Canyon, Javaris Dawson weren't even on the trip. Uh, they weren't even with the team. Um, and so you, you look at the group that you're playing right now, and it's an uphill battle um, to talk about creating some of those explosive plays. And because of that, the quarterback has to, you know, maybe throw in a couple of tight windows or, or try to throw some guys open at times. 
Yeah, there was there were a couple uh, plays that Finley with his athleticism. We already talked about it already, but the <laughs> they snuck it on third and one, so you knew that they had an opportunity to do that. He had that crazy fourth and sixteen completion to Shed. He I think Shed got like eighteen yards on that play, um, and then there was a play in the first half where Finley was able to get away from what looked like a sack. Apparently on the TV broadcast, they <laughs> they were already talking about the sack and then he pulled out of two defenders and was able to get the first down. So, you know, he's he has that athleticism to it. We saw that earlier in the against Georgia State. We'll see how much that comes into play also against Alabama. But, you know, we'll get into Iron Bowl week now. Um, we'll get into that game, obviously, all week. Um, Auburn opened as a big underdog. It's going to be, you know, obviously a big challenge. Auburn's going to try to play spoiler like they do um, over the years. But, you know, how do you approach the mindset of this team right now if you're Brian Harson? Because it's your first three game losing streak since the you know disastrous 2012 season, um, and and Harson keeps on going back to the to the same things that we've talked about at the beginning of the season. And I think at least for a large portion of the fan base, some of those cornerstones have kind of lost their luster later on in the year, especially as Auburn kind of. Something the Harson has talked about. Auburn kind of makes the same mistakes over and over again. And at the same time, it's finding all new ones because at this point in the season, especially during this losing streak, um, it seems like they're kind of finding ways to win to lose games. Excuse me, finding finding different ways to lose games. Um, like we talked about, they they played well in most areas in this game and still found a way to lose. Just you know, how does this Auburn team kind of group together? Um, you know, a, a win would be an extremely tall task. Um, but just go out and be competitive and and play for pride in this Iron Bowl. Yeah, I think the thing that jumps out to me is um, there's no question that this this staff can put a plan together. First quarters have been really good. Early in the season, they weren't. Lately, they've played really well in first quarters. They've done good things, and they've done a pretty good job coming out in the third quarter uh, for the most part. But it's those in-game adjustments that seem to be lacking second quarter, fourth quarter. Those have been an issue, um, been a big issue for this team. Um, it was a big issue against South Carolina. Um, and you look and, and Tank's runs came in the first and third, um, kind of got lost in the shuffle a bit there in the, in the second, fourth. Um, I think there's no question when you talk about the morale of this team, um, you got to try to find a way to slow the game down as much as possible against Alabama. Uh, the morale of this team is going to be can Tank Bigsy run it? Can they have some success doing that? Take some pressure off TJ Finley and try to, um, you know, try to, to limit that offense as much as possible. I mean, that's that's where the morale is. Um, I think this is still a confident defense outwardly. I mean, they're still out there showing the same things, but you got to have some questions. Um, it's just natural. And um, this big week, big week for them, you're talking about um, – trying to go pull off a massive upset. The first thing you got to do is you got to be in the game in the fourth quarter. To me, that's what you go – like you tell these guys this week, guys, get it to the fourth quarter, let the crowd have an impact, and let's see what happens. Um, That's got to be the mindset is a four-quarter game. We had not seen one of those from Auburn since Akron. They not played anything close to a four-quarter game. That's got to be the mindset this week. Yeah, Alabama was – you know, they're not – the overall kind of menace that they usually are. But I think looking at this game, what they do well, passing the ball, obviously an electric passing game, um, and then getting after the passer on defense. Those are two problem areas um, for Auburn. So we'll see how they're able to counter that. Like I said, we'll get in 
all week long. We'll we'll dive into this matchup. Um, thanks so much, Jason, for uh, for always as always the the recap podcast. Hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll be back this week again to look ahead to the 86th Iron Bowl, which will be inside Jordan Hare Stadium on Saturday. If you guys enjoyed the show, please give us a five star review wherever you guys listen to your podcast. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can find him on. Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Me and Jason are going to get some sleep after coming back from Columbia today. So, uh, so we will catch you guys later on in the week. Everybody enjoy your start to the week.